Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. O Lord my God, Thou searchest me. My heart and mind are known to Thee. Nothing is hidden from thy eyes. When I sit down and when I rise, and from afar thou art discerning my thoughts and hopes, my secret yearning. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Conversation this morning, and it's great to be with you as always. And you notice in our studio we have the Blessed Mother behind us, Our Lady Guadalupe. So we'd like to start off our conversation invoking Mary to be with us. Mary has... Uh, many titles. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. We crowd to Mary and the Hail Holy Queen. Mary is our, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's uh, lift our, our minds and our hearts to Mary and start off by praying the prayer that she loves most. That prayer is the <coughs> the Hail Mary, together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's turn to our spiritual guide. Our spiritual guide is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has many titles. He's the Paraclete. Catechism of the Catholic Church calls the Holy Spirit the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our souls. Also, the Holy Spirit is the sanctifier. And the Holy Spirit is also <coughs> our interior master. <clears throat> That's right. St. Paul points out saying that we, we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans. These ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba. And this Abba, what does Abba mean? Abba means daddy or father. So let's pray the Holy Spirit and ask him to give us a lot of light and the interior fire of love in our hearts. Together. Come Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit 
they shall be created. Thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. Well, Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. St. John Bosco, pray for us. St. Teresa of Avila, pray for us. All God's holy angels and saints, Pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we welcome you to our Perseverance family conversation. And as always, I will pray for (coughs) you and all of your intentions today. That's right. I'll pray for you and all of your intentions today. Among which, the first will be that all of us will try to arrive at the goal of our life. We're all running a race. We're all in a marathon. And we don't know how long the marathon is going to be. Is it going to be? A hundred miles or a hundred yards, we really don't know. The length of our life, that depends upon God. But the life that God gives to us, we should live to the fullest. And we do that when we try to arrive at holiness of life. That's why you notice we, we have a litany of saints at the beginning of our conversation every morning. We... We pray to Mary, the Holy Spirit. Then we pray to a a number of saints because these saints, they're part of our perseverance family. We welcome them to be with us. We ask for their prayers. We want to be inspired by their holy lives. So let's uh, try to arrive at that holiness that God has called us to attain. Leo Blois says that the end of our life, the worst tragedy would be not to become the saint that God has called us to be. My second intention, I'd like to pray for your families. Yesterday was St. Valentine and the group Jovenes Pada Cristo their international committee asked me to give them a a talk. So I gave them an hour talk on renewing one's marriage vows. They spoke about the sacrament of matrimony. Today with our young people, I spoke last week against transgenderism, the sexual identity crisis. Today I'd like to pave out the way for our young people on What is holy matrimony? See, what I'm doing, I'm going against this trend of transgenderism, transhumanism that will deny, of course, the reality of holy matrimony. Denying the reality of holy matrimony. Matrimony, marriage was the first institution created by God. 
He created man and woman, Adam and Eve, as husband and wife. So I'd like to pray for you who are married, you who have your children, that your children will brought up, be brought up in the love of God as well as the fear of the Lord. Both the love of God as well as fear of the Lord. And there's the book of the book of wisdom points out that the fear of the Lord is to be is the beginning of wisdom. We'll be wise when we truly do have fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. My last intention I'd like to pray that all of us will have a real desire to pray. <clears throat> and I'd like to ask you for your prayers once again. I think I've talked to you over the past couple weeks about the spiritual exercises, programs that we are initiating. We started one last Thursday in St. Therese in Alhambra. The second session was in St. Peter Chanel here, Sunday at 1.30. And actually today, we'll be starting our third session. And it will be in the church of St. John the Baptist, not in Costa Mesa, but rather it will be in Baldwin Park. So today at 6.30, I will celebrate the Mass in the parish of St. John the Baptist. Then I'll give the introductory talk to the spiritual exercises. And these three programs will last 10 weeks. 10 weeks take us all the way through Lent <coughs> up, to, up to Easter. So I strongly, if you'd like to come and you speak Spanish, you're more than welcome to come today at 6.30 in the Church of St. John the Baptist in Baldwin Park. If you're in the area, you take the 605, get off at Ramona Boulevard, take a right, another right to Baldwin Park Boulevard, and you'll drive right into the church. So it's a, it's a, it's it's an easy drive. But pray that uh, that God would bless this program, bless my coordinators, bless Father Ishmael Robles who has invited me, and bless all those who will be participating in the exercises. You know also that when the exercises are given, extraordinary graces come. So often the devil will try to get in to persuade people not to do the exercises. He'll, he'll throw a monkey wrench into it. And that takes us right into our readings for today because we have the persons of the, we have the persons of the devil. So just an overview. You remember what I said yesterday is that we we're starting we're starting new readings now, and it is the reading of Saint James after we've had several weeks of reading the Old Testament readings from Samuel and Kings. Now reading the letter of St. James. We're in James chapter 1, 12 to 18. And then we have the responsorial psalm as 94. Blessed the man you instruct, O Lord. Point to the fact that God is a teacher. God is a teacher. And uh, we are his We are his disciples. We should try to be very obedient and docile disciples to the Lord. Then we've arrived at the 8th chapter of St. Mark. 
where Jesus warns us to be on guard against the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Be careful about the, the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Probably no leaven is what the, makes the loaf rise. So we'll try to give you, we'll try to give you some ideas and interpret that. So my friends, the riches of the Word of God. Let's enter into our conversation of the Word of God. So in St. James, he said, Blessed is he who perseveres in temptation. Okay, let's uh, talk a little bit about that. It says, For when he has been proven, he will receive the crown of life that he promised to those who love him. So let's stop and talk about that. Temptation. Temptation. My friends, <coughs> to arrive at our final goal in life, which is heaven, we have to overcome three major three major enemies to our salvation. And they are the devil, the flesh, and the world. I repeat, for, our, for us to arrive at our eternal destiny, we have to confront and overcome, with God's grace, three major enemies. And they are the devil, the flesh, and the world. The devil who is the father of lies. The flesh is our fallen human nature that does not submit to the spirit. We all know the battle of the capital sins. And the world that surrounds us wants to convince us that we can attain true happiness in this world. So St. James, St. James is talking about the temptation that comes from the devil. All right, let's talk a little bit about the devil. <clears throat> I'd like to talk about two extremes we have to avoid and then how how can we overcome the devil? Because whether we like it or not, the devil does exist. And we can't deny that. Okay, there are two extremes that we should try to avoid with respect to the devil. Pope Paul VI, rather, St. Pope Paul VI, who was canonized with Oscar Romero about six years ago. He said, these are the two extremes we have to avoid. The first extreme we have to avoid with respect to the devil would be to deny his existence. That's right, to deny the existence of the devil. And in modern academia, the academic world of the eggheads or the intellects, there's a tendency to look on the devil as a caricature or, or, or a comic figure in which he's dressed in red pajamas, he's got horns, he's got a pointy tail, and he's got a pitchfork 
in which he wants to strike you in the, in the behind when you're not aware. That's the, that's the comical description of the devil. So, you read through that and you can come to the conclusion that the devil is just a, he's just a comic figure. He's fiction. He doesn't really exist. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do with us. He wants to convince us that he doesn't exist. Because if he convinces us that he doesn't exist, he can wreak havoc within us. Let me explain. Can you imagine that you have to confront an enemy? Now, if you don't know where your enemy is, your enemy can attack you and overcome you. But if you know that your enemy is approaching, you can either retreat or you can approach to attack your enemy. So that knowledge of our enemy is key to overcoming the enemy in military strategy, but also in our own spiritual lives. You never forget that all of us, never forget that all of us are spiritual soldiers. We are in spiritual combat. We are fighting on a daily basis against those three enemies the devil, the flesh, and the world. So that's one, that's one extreme that we have to avoid, <coughs> as Pope Paul VI reminds us. To deny the existence of the devil. Okay, that's on one hand. On the other hand, the other side is to give too much importance to the devil. So one is to deny the devil. The other would be get, to give too much importance to the devil. So those are two extremes that should be avoided. I have met, and you probably have also, Good Christians, good Catholics, but they have a almost as if they're obsessed by the devil. They have a certain obsession on the devil. In which almost every other phrase they're mentioning the devil. The devil, the devil, the devil. And it seems to be an obsession. And they think, they think in focus, they think and focus more on the devil than they do focus on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the angels, the saints, and Mary. God has given the devil a certain influence in the world. That's true. That we can't deny. But we should never say that the devil is more powerful than God. He's not. The devil is not more powerful than Mary. He's not. The devil, the devil is not more powerful than the angels. He's not. So for your encouragement, we are on the winning side. We're on the winning side. What I'd like to do today uh, now is um, I'll give you a, a summary of the different workings of the devil and then how can we conquer him. You are just logging in now. I'm commenting on the first verse of St. James today, 
He said, blessed is he who perseveres in temptation. So what James is mentioning is temptation that we we all we all have to encounter in our lives. But we have to persevere and we have to conquer the temptation. And not let the temptation conquer us. I repeat. We have to conquer the temptation and not let the temptation conquer us. Okay. <clears throat> the most famous exorcist that the church had for many years and he died about five years ago. He was, I think, in his 90s. His name was Father Gabriel da Morth. And he was an Italian exorcist residing, I think at most of the time he actually resided in the city of Rome. And he was an exorcist for for many, many years. And he wrote a book. So I'd like to just go through, give, give you a summary of some of the ideas of the book that Father Gabriel de Morth wrote. And you can buy it. it it's, it's worth reading. Not that you would have an obsession on the devil, but to know to know some of the tactics or the strategy of the devil. Okay, so first of all, the, the definition, one of the definitions, the best definitions of the devil is from St. Thomas Aquinas. And he defines the devil in just one word. The devil is the tempter. He tempts us to commit a sin. That's what he's tempting us to do. Tempting us to sin and to sin more and more and to stay in sin and to die in mortal sin. That's what the devil wants. Then we'll be his property forever. So, he speaks about different ways, Gabriel de Morth, that the devil, the devil appro uh, approaches us and attacks us. St. Ignatius Loyola <coughs> points out in the Rules for Discernment, Rule 14th, the 14th Rule, He says that the devil looks for our weak point. Might even call it our kryptonite. So having self-knowledge, knowing ourselves, knowing our kryptonite is very important in our spiritual life. The desert fathers have, a, have an axiom of two words, know thyself. Self-knowledge is, is indispensable in our fight against the enemy. So these are the different levels of the work of the devil. Okay, the devil, the devil first of all, he, the first would be that of Temptation. Temptation. So that's the first thing. He tempts us. And so what he does is the devil tries to seduce us like Eve. He's offering to us the forbidden fruit, if you like. As we see with Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis. 
Often, my friends, temptations are like flashes. They can flash through our through our imagination, and God allows <coughs> the temptation to uh, to visit us. He God allows it. So the first level would be that of temptation. I'll write these down for you. Then you have what is called obsession. Okay, the second would be obsession. Now, what is temptation? Well, some temptations, as I said, are like lightning flashes. They just flash through our mind. Now, what I'm saying about this strategy of the devil, I think a lot of you will say, well, I... That's right, I never really thought about that, Father Broom, but it's true what you're saying. So obsession is this. It's a temptation, but it's a prolonged temptation. That's right. It's a prolonged temptation. Prolonged temptation. In which you've got like a, a fixed idea in your mind, you can't seem to dislodge it or much less expel it. And it sometimes comes out of the blue when you least expect it. Comes out of the blue when you least expect it. Okay, I'm going to give you an example of an obsession that I think all of you will be able to understand. Okay, you're up in the course of your normal day. This could happen anywhere. But it might be, it might even be this. You know, you, you get up in the morning and you say your morning offering. But as you're heading to get your coffee, an idea pops up in your mind of some person that hurt you 20 years ago. Maybe um, verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Many types of ways in which we can be hurt by others and we can hurt them too. So you call to mind 20, 20 years ago when someone insulted you and humiliated you. And that thought of that person that hurt you maybe in Mexico 25 years ago <coughs> is in your mind and you can't seem to get it out. It's a fixed idea. It's what you might call an obsession. A fixed idea or an obsession. And it really, it really bothers you. You go off to work and still the ideas in the back of your mind and it's kind of like you step on a thorn and that thorn is in your foot and it's bugging the heck out of you. Or like dust that gets in your eye. Or maybe an itch you have on, on your neck. And you really can't seem to expel this and it's kind of bugging you the whole day. Even though you want to get rid of it, it doesn't want to seem to leave you. My friends, this is called this is called a diabolical obsession. I think all of you understand this because you've gone through it. Or another example might be the following. 
you are you're a married you're a married woman you're married in the church uh, for 20 years you're happily married but what happens is <coughs> the past couple weeks your relationship with your husband has become somewhat tense. There's been some arguments, some quarrels, some misunderstandings, some outbreaks. And the devil sees this, and what does he do? He places in your mind your ex-boyfriend, whose name is Luisito. Luisito. Got it? So he pops up in your mind. You're imagining, where is he now? How old is he now? Does he have a girlfriend? Does he live close to me? What type of work is he doing? I think I'll just check it out on Facebook and just to see where he is, what he looks like, and how his life is going. I, th I think I'll just, I'd like to see a picture of him. Maybe I'll just call him on the phone and say, hey, just wanted to check out. How are things going, Luisito? How are things going? You know, we have to be kind to people. We should be friendly. That's one of the Thomas Aquinas calls it the social virtues of affability. See, what I'm saying is this is the way this is the way the devil works. And all these thoughts that are popping into your mind. They they seem to be they seem to be somewhat good, these thoughts. Because we're we're, we're called to care we should be caring about our brothers and sisters, we should be concerned, we should be kind, we should be communicative, we should be ready to serve. All these ideas that are popping up seem to be good in their essence. But there's one problem. You're a married woman. And being a married woman, you have given yourself first and foremost to God. You belong to God. Then you have your yourself. You've given yourself to your husband. So yesterday I gave a talk to Jovenes Padre on renewing your marriage vows, which you're called to be faithful in good times as well as bad, health as well as sickness, riches as well as poverty, until death do you part. That was a promise that you made. A very serious, solemn promise you made in the church before the, the priest, the minister of God. So, or it might be something that you've overcome the vice of drinking. All of a sudden, you haven't taken a drop of liquor for 20 years. All of a sudden during the day, you're thinking, oh, one of my friends, it's his birthday, he invited me to his house this this uh, this Friday. <coughs> and he's invited me to house, his house. And you're thinking, yes, there's going to be a lot of beer there. And already you're thinking about, hmm, <coughs> well, I haven't drunk in 20 years, but just one or two beers. That wouldn't be bad. 
you know, there's a lot of tension at work. We have to learn how to let our hair down, kick back, and we have to learn how to relax. You have to learn how to relax. You know, don't, you know, don't be so tense you're going to snap. And having a couple of beers, it's Miller time. <laughs> it's Miller time. Having a couple of beers can help you to just to cope with the tensions of life. And this, it's it's Tuesday, and it's not his birthday until Friday. You might have that thought lingering in your mind, which you're even imagining being with your friends and having a beer or two. It's lingering in your mind. And today's Tuesday. So you've got another five days before you're going to be going to his birthday. Or four days. Sometimes this obsession, it's almost like, did, did you ever notice? Have you ever been in a room where you may be sitting, you're reading, or you're doing some work, sending some emails? And your door is closed, you're in your room, and all of a sudden you hear this this buzz. And it's a, a gnat or a mosquito or a bug, and it's buzzing near you, it's bug, buzzing above you, it's bu- buzzing on your left and buzzing on your right. <laughs> and it lands on your head, and you try to get rid of it, and then it flies off. And it's, it is a bug that's bugging you for 20 minutes. That's a good, <coughs> that's a good analogy or comparison with the way the devil works. The devil bugs us. He bugs us. So, the obsession is another one of the tactics of the devil. Okay, the third tactic of the devil then is oppression. Temptation, obsession, oppression. I won't spend a lot of time on this, but just explain the fact that the devil, the devil wants to feel us oppressed and the devil wants to make us feel depressed. He wants us to feel oppressed, depressed. We feel we feel like a heavy load. We feel a heavy load on our shoulders. We don't experience that true freedom of the sons and daughters of God. Then there are others. And there's another <coughs> It's called, this one you've probably never heard before, but it's mentioned in Father Gabriel's book, and the name of the book is Exorcism. So the next would be that of Vexation, you see it? Temptation, obsession, oppression, vexation. I would doubt that most of you know what that is, but I'll explain, and then once I explain, you'll understand it very well. There are several saints that are are known for their confrontation with the devil. And that would be St. Anthony of the Desert, St. Benedict of Nursia, uh, St. John Bosco, St. Philip Neri, 
but especially the person of Padre Pio. Padre Pio. How many of you How many how many of you Okay, how many how many of you have seen the fi- film of Padre Pio? How many of you have seen have seen the the film of Padre Pio? Really good version came out, I'd say probably about 18 to 20 years ago. I think it's called The Miracle Man of Pietrelcina, Padre Pio. Uh, probably you have seen it. If not, I would really recommend that you do see it. And with your children, I think your, I think your teenagers will, will really, will really love this. Okay, now, there's a couple of scenes in this movie of Padre Pio where you see Padre Pio, he's confronting the devil. He's confronting the devil. Now, you don't see the devil in person, but in a certain sense, you do. I'll give you two of the scenes in the movie of Padre Pio where you see the devil present. Okay, the first is, if you remember the movie, starts off, you have this child who's maybe 10 or 11 years old that's running, he's running through the hillsides. And he's running up and down the hills. And all of a sudden you see this this big dog, big dog, big ugly dog that's following this boy. And this boy is trying to avoid the grasp of this big ugly dog. And he finally arrives at the church and the dog disappears and that big ugly dog was the devil. the devil that was pursuing the young Padre Pio. The devil knowing, possibly knowing through intuition of this this little boy, if he were to become a priest and become a saint, he would be instrumental in saving many, many souls. Okay, the second scene... <coughs> It's not so much something you see, but you hear. Would be you hear the the noise and the ruckus in his room at night. What happened is when he was in his room at night, the devil came in and physically manhandled him. And he end up with, with, with bruises and a couple of cuts. So physically getting hold of someone. Another famous saint would be the Curie of Ars. At night, the devil would actually yell out at the Curie of Ars and start a fire and dragged chains. First, when the Curivars didn't know who it was, he was a little bit afraid and asked a big man to come to be with him. Then he recognized the devil. He called called him Graphene. He just ignored him. And the Curivars would say, the bigger the temptation, the bigger the fish would come into the confessional the following day. He would relate the attack of the devil to the conversion of sinners. But so the the idea of the last one, the last vexation, would be God could allow the devil to manhandle the individual. <clears throat> 
Okay, I've got a couple more. And that would be, it's called Infestation. Infestation. Now, you probably heard the word before, my house is infested with rats or, or mice. Crowded with, infest, to infest. This would be related to the classical idea of the haunted house. The haunted house. And these, often, you'll get these terror movies with the whole idea of the haunted house. And often I think we kind of laugh at that. Around Halloween, we go into a haunted house and there are goblins and there's witches and there's scarecrows and there's lizards, <coughs> there's bats, <laughs> there's Batman. <laughs> we kind of laugh it off. So you might, you, might, you, you might be curious, well, how could a house be infested how could a, a house be haunted? How could, a, how could a house have a devil or devils within it? And it's a good question. And the response would be, say for example, a family... plays around with satanic practices. There, there are satanic practices. Maybe the Ouija board. Or invoking the devil. In many forms. Or it might be like a suicide. By invoking the devil, by playing with the devil, we actually can invite the devil to come and to enter into the house. And the devil can sometimes move things or maybe hear things on the roof or it can maybe hear certain noises, maybe a screeching, like a screeching cat. This is called diabolical infestation. Infestation. Therefore, if you do buy and move into a new house, it's impossible for you to know exactly what went on in that house before you enter, unless it's a new house. What should you do? What should you do? It's strongly to be recommended that you have that house blessed by a priest. Whereas a priest can go from one room to the next with holy water, blessing the entirety of the house. Then, why not kill two birds with one stone while the priest is there and have your family your home and your family consecrated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That is a great way in which you can start off living in your new home. 
and have the priest by doing that to expel the bad spirits. So that is called a diabolical infestation. And we've arrived at the last, and the last, my friends, what I'm doing today, I'm giving you, St. James speaks about temptation, so I'm just taking that word temptation and developing <clears throat> the whole theology of temptation taken from the book of the Exorcist by Gabriel Damorth. His book is called The Exorcist. Gabriel, fa Father Gabriel de Morth was the chief exorcist in Rome for probably a good, close to 30 years. <clears throat> close to 30 years. So I'm giving you a summary of some of the most salient ideas in the book of the exorcist by Father Gabriel de Morth, who died about five years ago. So here's the last. And it's possession. Diabolical possession. Now in the book on the exorcist, Father Gabriel de Morth mentions three ways in which a possession can take place. And one of these will probably shock you, but it's good that you know this. We have to be well-educated in our Catholic faith, and that's why we have our perseverance classes every morning. First and most obvious is those who are playing around with the occult or the devil. The Ouija board, going to the psychic reader, palm reading. In other occult practices where you're inviting the devil into your life. <coughs> The second would be, it could be a trial from God. Maybe some of you saw the movie The Possession of Emily Rose. Emily Rose was basically a victim soul who God allowed her to be possessed as a victim soul. As happened in the case of the Ursuline nuns years ago. But the third is this, and you have to be very careful. Mothers or fathers that curse their children never do that. I repeat, mothers and fathers that curse their children never do that. Never do that. Not to say if you do curse your son or daughter, he or she is going to be possessed but we're opening up the door. Rather, mothers and fathers should see their children as a blessing. And mothers and fathers should bless their children. So these are the six different tactics of the devil. Temptation, obsession, Oppression, vexation, infestation, and possession. My friends, I have much more to say, but never forget that God is much more powerful than the devil. But we have to know the tactics of the devil. So I purposely gave you a talk so that you who are soldiers of Christ would fight the good fight. Run the good race so that you would merit the eternal crown that's promised to the faithful soldiers of Jesus and Mary. 
May God bless you, and I will give you and your family my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank <clears throat> you.